Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Luke chapter 4. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is God's word. Frenchman Charles Baudelaire famously said many years ago, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. The devil is indeed very real. He's also very, very present among us. Martin Luther also rather famously said, Now when the devil saw that God built such a holy church, he was not idle and erected his chapel beside it, larger than God's temple. The devil is always God's ape. The devil loves to ape what God does, copy him. Imagine himself as being on a par with God. And so, as the church is where the people of God follow their God, so there are no shortage of places where people follow Satan's lead. The devil is very real, and the devil is very present. I've always loved what Luther says about the devil building a chapel next to the church, because it comforts us to know that who is Satan set on afflicting? Who is he after? He's after Christians. He's after the people in the church. The rest of the world, he's got them. They're in his hand already. Being attacked by the devil, as Martin Luther once said, is actually a part of the Christian life. You heard me talk about this a couple weeks ago. I don't know how many of you remember about the Christian life being a cycle that repeats itself over and over and over. It's not a mountain climb where we try to get from the bottom to the top. Because when we try to climb the mountain and get better and better and better as God's people, we find ourselves falling on our rear all too often. Instead, Luther painted the Christian life as a cycle over and over of prayer, meditating on God's word, and then being attacked by the devil. Temptation was part of the Christian life, Luther said, because wherever Christians are gathered together in prayer and around the word of God, they can expect Satan to assault them. And indeed, he does. He is real. He is present. He is powerful. The New Testament describes him as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Jesus pictures him as the wolf that goes after the sheep. The devil is real, he is present, he is powerful, but he can be overcome. You see, that same old devil that we find from the very beginning there in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3 tends to use the same old tricks in his pursuit of God's people. Now, it would have been helpful to hear Genesis chapter 3 
as our Old Testament reading today. That's not what the lectionary gave us. It gave us Deuteronomy 26. And tying Jesus in the wilderness to Israel in the wilderness is definitely something we should do. But we can also connect Jesus in the wilderness back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Because as Jesus goes one-on-one with the devil, so did Adam and Eve go, well, one-on-two with the devil. And the fact that they had two didn't make much difference, did it? I want you to think back, though, to that well-known account in Genesis 3 when the devil appears to Eve and attacks her and tempts her. Notice how he does it. He points out the fruit on the tree of the tree of knowledge of of good and evil, which they were commanded not to eat from. And he says of it, Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? He points out how good that fruit on that tree is. He tempts them with food. Food that is good to the eyes. Food that is desirable. Hang on to that. That Satan tempted Eve with food. Eve had said to the serpent, we may not eat that tree from that tree. We may not even touch it or we will surely die. And Satan says to her, you will not surely die. Satan tempts Eve with defying death. For God knows, the devil says, that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He then tempts Eve with becoming like God. So there's three temptations that the devil sets before Eve and Adam as well there in the garden. Food, the ability to defy death, and becoming like God. Now fast forward to the temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are the Son of Man, command this stone To become bread, the devil says to a hungry, fasting Jesus. What is the devil tempting Jesus with? Food. Jesus says to him, man shall not live by bread alone. The devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If then you will worship me, it will all be yours. He tempted Jesus with exalting himself. Jesus said to him, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Says the devil took him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. It is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil tempted Jesus with defying death. You see, the devil used the very same temptations that he used against Eve and Adam in the garden, and he brought them against Jesus. Now you know the difference between the two stories, of course. Adam and Eve succumbed to the devil's temptation, 
Jesus did not. And we learn something about how we deal with the devil here, don't we? How does Jesus respond to the devil each time he tempts him? He quotes the word of God. He quotes Holy Scripture. Because the word of God definitely is our weapon against the devil. As St. Paul calls it in Ephesians chapter 6, it is the sword of the spirit, the word, the weapon we have to do battle against the devil. We have helmet that is salvation. We have a shield of faith. We have a breastplate of righteousness. All these different pieces of armor. The one weapon we have is the word. So when Satan comes after us, which he inevitably does, how do we respond? Well, Jesus shows us with the word. And yet every one of us knows, every one of us has felt That we are still ill-equipped against the devil. Because it's not just a matter of having the right number or right selection of Bible verses memorized. Like, oh, Satan's trying to tempt me with money. I can come at him with this verse. Or Satan's trying to tempt me with earthly happiness. I can come at him with this verse. That won't suffice because you can't memorize enough Bible, though that's a good and salutary practice to memorize Bible verses. You need more than that. The same old devil that was there in the Garden of Eden is up to his same old tricks day in and day out against us, the people of God. And yet what we see is that Jesus succeeds where Adam and Eve fail. Jesus is the one who does battle against the devil and overcomes. You see, God's word is more than just a verse here or there, being able to quote a scripture now and then. The word of God is the place where we live. Because that's where Jesus is found. And that's where we live in him. Who succeeds against the devil. Where we fail. A wise old pastor that I knew once who served in Minnesota where I served in my first parish At a pastor's meeting once, he told us, much, much younger pastors, he told us, you know, we Lutherans, we do a really good job talking about how Jesus died for us. And that's good. We should, he said. But we often forget to talk about how before he died for us, Jesus lived for us. The only reason the death of Jesus had power to cleanse us from our sin was because Jesus was a holy, perfect, spotless Lamb of God without blemish. No matter what tricks the devil would throw at him, Jesus would overcome. Because Jesus is without sin. 
Jesus is without blemish. He is the perfect Passover lamb whose blood is shed for the people of God. He does not waver when the devil comes at him. And though the devil may seek out a more opportune time to come at Jesus, he will not find one. Because Jesus is always the one who overcomes and defeats Satan on our behalf. Jesus succeeds where Adam and Eve fail. Jesus succeeds where you and I fail because of his perfect life that ensured a pleasing death to his Father. The Lord Jesus Christ has lived and died for you. He is the one who succeeds where the people of God fail. In other words, he is the one who literally turns the tide of history. You can read through the pages of Scripture. You can read of Adam and Eve in the garden. You can read of Moses and Israel in the wilderness. You can read of the kings of Israel and their subjects and their failings and their weaknesses and their shortcomings. You can read of those who followed Jesus and built the church after him and see their imperfection, their failing, and their weakness. Yet there is only one, Jesus Christ, who can stand against the attacks of the devil and never waver, never fail. He reverses all of it. So as we examine the world in which we live today and examine our lives here in this present moment. We ask ourselves, how is Satan at work? How is he up to his same old tricks? How is he laying the same things before us? Food, the defying of death, becoming like God. How are we tempted by the very same things? Well, in the midst of all of it, Jesus Christ remains the victor, the champion, the conqueror of the devil and all his power, the one who undoes it all. In fact, I would ask you to consider the power of a church that stands in, his, in Christ, in his holy, perfect life and righteousness, the church that stands in his blood and in his cross, no matter what comes at us, no matter what threat is out there in the world, no matter, no matter what threat attacks our community, no matter what threat attacks our families, no matter what threat attacks us individually, Jesus Christ remains the holy, perfect Son of God who conquers Satan on our behalf. And the devil, he can't ape that. He can't copy it. He can't offer that. And that's why 
Luther's words that God built such a holy church. It's why they comfort us today. Because in that holy church is where Jesus himself is found. His word that overcomes the devil. His life and death, which is our comfort. His power, which undoes our weakness. My friends in Jesus Christ, stand firm against the devil who comes after you. Do it by standing in Christ alone and his word, his promises, his work, which stands the test of time and shifts the movement of all time into our direction and our eternal peace. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.